0: Happy Halloween everybody. Welcome to the Matt Hummer podcast episode 88. I'm Mo, I'm here with Elle and Alice. I was about to try and give you Simpson, Three House of Horror-esque <gasps> nicknames but I couldn't in I time because I only thought to do it as I was doing the intro. So, Hell. Helena. Helena Hell. Badman yeah. and Alice.
1: Malice.
0: Malice, yes. <laughs> and Girlin. Yeah, those are <laughs> proper spooky names. Uh, <laughs> it's the greatest time of the year, everyone. There's fucking pumpkins everywhere. We've been eating green-coloured sweets and all sorts of weird spooky shit in the office. Uh, we're going to be doing a special little horror movie segment later on in the podcast, but before that, there is tw- plenty to get around this week. Uh, you guys went to Rotten Christ last night. Yeah. Yep. How the hell was that?
2: It yeah, was good. good.
1: Okay. <laughs>
0: Also in metal this week.
1: We're <laughs> like <laughs> weird Halloween chinks twins. Yeah. Just talking at the same time. Elle
0: and Al are both dressed in very, very nearly matching black boots, black trousers, black tops, necklaces, and their hair is a kind of similar colour. So I'm getting a bit of a weird kind of goth grown up version of the twins from The Shining vibe going on today.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Better watch out, Merlin.
0: Ooh.
1: Uh, I love in Christ. I think I've said before, I'm new to Ross in Christ. I'd always kind of ignored them because I just assumed they're an extreme underground black metal band who were uh, the kind of band that are like, oh, we're really cult, cool. we're called Rotting Christ, we're black metal, which I now know is an ignorant view. And we did a feature... You're ignorant. Yeah. <laughs> we did a feature on um, Rotting Christ and their album The Heretics this year. And for that feature, I obviously had to do some research for commissioning it and found out a lot more about and Christ than I'd known and obviously they're from Greece they've been around for years like more than 20 years and how was the gig mm. out
0: that's what we want to know I'm just
1: getting that fine but we've
0: done all that this year haven't we? great i
1: loved it Thought the gig was great it was my first time seeing ross in christ uh there islington assembly hall and i just thought it was fantastic which
0: i've still not been to well so. go
1: really? there you could have come to no, ross in never. christ but you oh. didn't no
0: i didn't
1: it was really good like they just had kind of like a bassy atmospheric ambient music before they came on and then they just came on like strode out did weird incantations And then went into a couple of tracks from their album from 2015, Lucifer, over at Athens. And they really just hit a groove. Like, so many of their songs are really catchy and really groovy. They played stuff from The Heretics, Fire, God and Fear. That sounded great. And it got kind of, like, groovier and more and more rhythmic as the show went on. And it kind of built up and built up and built up. And everyone was getting so... Into it, there was a bit where they just kind of stopped playing and were like clapping and like going, oh, oh, and like getting their arms in the air and getting people chanting. And that was a really nice thing the fact that they are a metal band who are kind of like grandiose and do all the kind of incantations and chanting and the very kind of grand sounding metal, but they don't take themselves too seriously and they're not afraid to put on a show. They will clap, they will get the crowd involved. And by the time it got towards the end, people like the pit was crazy like it was like they were the headliner and also there were actually people who were literally just jumping up and down on the spot like actually just jumping
0: did the kind of um like the atmospherics of the album the well the last few albums really come through because they're so absolutely
1: like yeah it really got like there was a real vibe in the room like they obviously tried to create it by putting kind of like the bassy atmospheric stuff on beforehand but there was a really good atmosphere like It was cool, and they had a cool light show, which I know is a boring thing to say, but in a space like that, it's a kind of medium sized venue, it does make a difference. And they got like a younger bassist who was like really going for it, like doing proper rock star moves. And I think people are quite into that album from 2013, Cataton Demona Itoi. Probably don't pronounce it like that. Uh, There are a couple of tracks from that towards the end. There was Inhuman Zibalba and Grandis Spiritus Diabolus. And literally that nice. was when it felt like it was all kicking off and that was towards the end. It just kind of ramped up right to non-servium at the end where literally everybody lost their shit. It was like watching a headliner. They were mm-hmm. supporting Moonspell, but yeah, it felt like they were the main act really. Everybody was just like super hyped for it. And yeah, they just hit this atmospheric rhythmic stride where it was kind of like pounding and catchy and you couldn't help but move to it. Very danceable awesome
0: that's really cool such such a great album as well The Heretics if for some reason um, you missed the podcast where we blabbed on about it before go and check that album out it's one of the best metal albums what you of think, 2019
2: Alice? it was great <laughs> 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 I had fun I was dancing I just realised that I like,
1: went on about it and you didn't say anything about
2: it so yeah I was in the moment man <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're in the moment right now <laughs> Uh, I want to go see them
1: again and again and again I Uh, was like why have I not gotten to this sooner it's uh, really good yeah
0: fucking great it's so cool that a band like that is getting to play like Decent sized venues as well. Um, like you said, how they've been around for a while and it's just so cool to see. So shout out, Rotten Christ. Shout out also to Bloodstock, who have revealed their final two headliners for next year's festival, joining an increasingly massive looking lineup. Judas Priest will be celebrating 50 years of Judas Priest at Bloodstock. Uh, so that's going to be. You'd imagine the mother of all celebrations and one of the single greatest heavy metal bands of all time. Uh, Behemoth will also be head on in this year's festival. Uh, Hopefully Nurgle can manage to not post any stupid shit on the internet between now and uh, and playing. That'd be nice. I think we'll probably get into all that another time because life's short. Uh, but yeah, so absolutely massive-looking Bloodstock lineup this year. Uh, for next year, even that takes place in August. Tickets—you uh, can go find them. Just go Google Bloodstock. You'll go find the website to go to. Looking absolutely huge. Uh, Nightwish have also announced something massive, if I'm not mistaken. Ellie, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Shut> <laughs> sorry, hell, it's hell think, today.
1: Yeah.
0: Sorry, Helena. You're going
1: to use my Halloween name, Helena.
0: Tell us all about Nightwish. The
1: Nightwish. <laughs> nightwish have announced a european 2020 tour including two uk dates they're gonna be playing the cardiff Motor Point arena and london's wembley arena in december
0: that so is massive
1: december 2020
0: now i know bands what? up here booking Hang a year on. in advance jesus it's still Halloween. oh my word uh i think we gotta give nightwish some real props we kind of said this a few times but once again um Finnish power metal band are now a kind of standard arena-sized band in the UK. That is fucking unbelievable. I'd
1: call them symphonic, but I agree with what you what said. What did I say? Yeah. Power metal. Oh, yeah, of
0: course. Symphonic metal. I don't even know why I said power metal. Absolutely symphonic metal. You love power metal. I just want to yeah, I'm just so time. obsessed with power metal. Yeah, absolutely okay. symphonic. I don't know what I was thinking. The symphonic <laughs> fins. Um, but, yeah, I kind of, I guess what I'm getting at is like a slightly nerdier, less cool Less mainstream vibe of uh, metal is now filling arenas with regularity across Europe. Really, really cool to see and richly deserved as well. Uh, what else is going on in the world, Alice? Tell me.
2: Well, um, Ozzy Osbourne is releasing a new album in January. That's exciting. Sharon, Osbourne. Sharon uh. would probably know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I back her. What Sharon said.
2: Um, he's just finished an album and the album's coming out in January. He's doing good and is very excited about Take What You Want, the duet he did with Post Malone and Travis Scott. It's doing great.
0: Definitely not reading that for the first time whatsoever. No. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah. So, yeah, he did that duet with Post Malone, which is okay. I'm definitely more excited about the idea of a new Aussie record. It's been quite a while since the last one i can't remember when the last one was actually yeah i was non-plus
1: about that song but that's cool if he enjoyed it i don't want to take away anyone's fun and enjoyment yeah and it's you know
0: nothing wrong with putting Ozzy on the radar of people who probably might not be in many cases as instantly familiar with him i don't want to say all post malone fans don't know and anything it's so about cool rock music
1: is still making music and doing things
0: well he really wants to do it like know, when we cool. did the um the cover feature with him at the start of this year, uh, he just kept saying over and over again, he's got no intention of properly retiring. Music is what he does and he wants to keep doing it. Like he wants to be in the studio and he wants to be able to play gigs when he can. We're waiting to hear when those uh, long-awaited European dates with Judas Priest will get rearranged. Was it a full European or just UK? I can't remember. But he was playing with Priest anyway at some point. Um, but yeah, new was the album in January. So interested to see who uh, how that sounds and also interested to see who, who's going to be playing guitar on it. Because I'm still not totally sure exactly who is in Aussie's band these days. So. I
1: don't know.
0: Zach Wilde, of course, been playing live. Say. Yeah, only Sharon can say. That was a bit of a baby metal Fox God oh, vibe. Oh yeah, just only gave the it Fox there. God knows. Sharon's <laughs> Aussie's Fox God. So true. Um, yeah, I don't know who's in the band. Zach Wilde was playing the live shows, but we don't really know uh, who's going to be on the album. So that'll be an interesting reveal of sorts. Um, so there we go right should we get into halloween mode then do this yeah. thing properly last month uh last month what were we talk talking about last week someone mentioned something uh, in the reader questions about spooky films and spooky music i think it was uh so we thought we'd set ourselves a little challenge um not a difficult one well only difficult in the sense of narrowing it down if you're a fucking horror nerd like i am and others are uh we basically said we will come into this podcast um, with three horror movies that we would recommend to people. There's no rules to that. It doesn't have to be your favourite horror movie. It doesn't have to be what you think is, quote unquote, objectively the best horror movie or or any particular theme. Totally up to you which ones you choose. Um, be honest. How much guys? Did, how much time did you guys spend preparing this?
2: <laughs> well, I actually have 13 horror movies. Well, that's, that's <laughs> fuckloads. <like>. So. <laughs> well, <at> <laughs> Well, I just counted them. is a good spooky number, though. I yeah. just... Yeah, and I just counted them, and I didn't intentionally do 13. Okay. I had a problem with That's loads. Because... You I... don't understand what a horror film oh is. God,
0: this conversation we had in the office, yeah. <laughs> well, because what was the film? Because we, we've been talking about it in the office a bit, and Elle keeps on going... She get What did you say? You were like, you couldn't believe the Exorcist was a horror movie. No, I
1: don't know. I just basically you said that
0: right you were like is the exorcist a so horror film <laughs> you, were having,
1: you were like saying that we need to think of three horror films to talk about on the podcast and i was like and you were making fun of me and being like oh can you think of three because you don't know any horror films and i was like well, which I'm you said to
0: be fair i wasn't being shitty that yeah, was something you had okay suggested I previously
1: that. i did say that and i was thinking i'm not really sure what i'd say and then someone mentioned a couple of films that I've seen that I really like, and I'm like, hang on a minute, I didn't know these were horror films. So then I googled the, like top horror films and got onto like some lists of horror films, and there are a bunch of films showing up that I love, and I didn't know they were classed as horror films, such as Queen of the Damned. Yeah, absolutely a horror film. The it's Damped. a film
0: about, it's literally a film about a queen of vampires.
1: But, <laughs> I, but I thought that that was just a film with some vampires in. But what? But that's what makes
2: that's like saying. Movie.
0: That's like saying Dracula is a film about about vampires.
1: Yeah, it
2: is. It's a a drama. It's a drama about a vampire. Yeah, I didn't know that
1: it was a horror film. But that's like
0: saying Dracula is not a horror novel.
1: But I didn't know that you could have those things. I thought they were just vampire films or vampire novels. I didn't know they were horror. So what do you think a
0: horror movie is? If someone said, describe a horror movie.
1: Well, I I do broadly know what horror movies are because I used to work for... Another magazine called Bazaar, which had a lot of horror stuff in it. So I kind of know what horror films are, but in, I don't know. In my mind, it was more something that's a bit stabby and like serial killer'y.
0: So you think slasher films is yeah, what you're getting at? Yeah, I guess. Jason yeah. Voorhees, Freddy Krueger.
1: Yeah, they're the ones I've not seen.
0: Oh, Ghostface, all and those not, lads. I've
1: seen, I've seen Halloween.
0: Yeah, Halloween, absolutely.
1: But I haven't seen um, A Nightmare on Elm Street. So,
0: you haven't seen a lot of those kind of uh, famous, like box office franchise horror. No, and I
1: wouldn't mind watching them but I'm really impressionable and if I watch stuff on my own I go to bed and have nightmares about it <laughs> I thought you were saying you were going to go stop like stabbing people up I was like please no. don't no uh, I think you'd probably have a problem with me coming to the office if that was the case I mean
0: horror movies are to me anything that um, kind of uh, sets a certain tone within the film so one of the films I've picked you could debate whether it counts as a horror film but I think it absolutely does count as a horror film because of the tone it has the atmosphere it has but the emotions everyone, it stirs in you Everyone started. there
2: um, there's types the of office. horror though. There's like gothic horror, there's yep. supernatural horror, yep. there's slasher films. Like, yep.
1: Objectively, I know this, but when people were naming films in The Office, I was like, I don't know. It's when you like questioned The Exorcist being
0: a horror film that I really got worried. I was like, that's the most infamous horror film ever made. I mean, that was a joke. It's, it was not a joke. It was don't a you backtrack on me. It was don't a joke. You dare. No. It I'm was, was a joke. It. You're backtracking. It no. was a joke. No,
1: no, no. I know that's a horror film.
0: I don't, I'm not having this, <laughs> that you are not joking when we had this conversation yesterday. I was. No,
1: oh, fine, whatever. whatever. Yeah, it's anyway, not, it, the it's point not is. It's really a horror film, is it? it's just a little girl that throws up.
2: Yeah, yeah you're that's right. exactly what happens. It's
0: just basically a film about babies. It's so
1: a little child who's ill and is sick.
0: And her head spins around and she walks backwards down the stairs and she <laughs> masturbates with a cross and <laughs> speaks in tongues and swears like a horrible demon at a priest.
1: She's not very well.
0: It's one of the most infamous horror movies ever. But anyway, <laughs> the good thing about all this is that you realise that you had seen loads of horror movies. Yeah. So actually, you weren't you were being hard on yourself yeah, as a and connoisseur I just of horror. Like
1: all these films
0: are horror films, so I have. Hooray! Okay. Um, start us off. So, so Alice, do you want to start us off? I know you have got thirteen, <laughs> no, but do you want to go in outside? on? Do you want to give a bit more detail on three of the ones and then? No, I don't know which ones. Well, you, <laughs> can't, you know what? Actually, I don't think you can name. I'll tell you what: do three, and then uh, if me and Elle don't name any of your others you can just quickly reel off the rest at the end does that sound fair because
2: okay. if you've done 13
0: there's a better chance you've just covered our ones which would be a bit crap
2: i don't know i tried to do obscure ones probably not there's
0: a lot of horror movies but yeah. i did a list the other day of uh every horror my favorite horror movie from every year since and i've there's been alive even
2: more horror films than i could
1: ever have dreamed of exactly mm-hmm. exactly
0: well 32 in that list but <laughs> 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 just for each year anyway so what three what three are you gonna pick Ow. Okay,
2: well I'm gonna start with Stakeland. Have either of you seen that? No, I've not seen Stake it. Stakeland. Stakeland. Is that about like vampires vampire per state. chance? It is about vampires, <laughs> actually.
0: Witcher horror icons.
2: <laughs> I just like vampires, so I didn't realise. These vampires are particularly nasty. And um, it's a sort of it's a post apocalyptic film. Um where basically the whole of the world has been ravaged by vampires and um they're really really scary and horrible and it's really bleak basically so it's kind of like a post-apocalyptic thing going on kind of zombie-esque is Um, it
0: quite low budget or is it because i've not heard of this which is um
2: it's not massively low budget it's got um a couple of people that you might recognize in in it
0: oh hold on a minute i've seen this just looked up the post, so I have seen this.
2: Um, and it's really, like, it reminds me of one of my favourite books of all time, which is I Am Legend by oh, Ro- uh, yeah. by Richard Matheson. Great book. Butchered and by
0: that film starring Will Smith.
2: <laughs> yeah, but there's been so many. I did a whole essay when I was in uni on it and um, oh, wow. how it inspired the, the zombie genre. Um, and I just really liked how it kind of, like, brought it back around because it's very... It has that very similar vibe there's like mister who is very similar to the lead character in i am legend um he's quite well in the book anyway he's like a military man he's very like cold and just sort of like gets the job done kind of guy um and then you've got the vampires are sort of like very zombie-ish and the vampires from i am legend inspired um george romaro and his approach to like zombie films so i just thought it was really cool because it really reminded me of that book and it was kind of like linking it all back um and it's just a really really bleak horrible film as well and it's kind of got that sort of walking dead aspect to it where actually the humans are worse than the vampires yeah, totally. um as well yeah, so it's just... a big
0: recurring theme in a lot of uh, zombie films although yeah is a, yeah like you said it's a vampire film
2: so it's like, it is really, really brutal. And um, yeah, it's a really, really bleak, horrible, horrible film. Um, <laughs> but it's really, really good. So um, I would definitely recommend it. I think they made a second one, which I think I've watched, but I don't think it was as good. Okay. So I would definitely recommend State Land though.
0: Right. Nice. Good first shout. I can't remember much about it, to be honest, but I do remember seeing it now that I've seen that dude that looks like Mad Max.
2: Yeah. i think he's in the second one i can't remember i know the boy is in the second one um but i don't remember the second one quite as much
1: what's your second film
2: um i'm gonna just pick one off the 13 films that i have written down here um oh it's really hard um okay i'm gonna pick american Mary.
0: oh cool i've seen that with the actress from um, Ginger, Ginger Snatch. Snatch. Yeah, yeah, that's a wicked film.
2: Um, so it's a, it's more of like a body horror, which was a really big thing in the 1980s. Um, and it's kind of all about um, the dangers of body modification. And she's like a student, a medical student who needs to pay her bills because she lives in America and she has no tax and stuff like that. And she goes to get a job in a strip club i think just to uh, work at the bar um and then she bumps in i haven't seen this film for ages like years but i think she like bumps into someone that needs something done like um so so she's like a doctor surgical student so she can do certain things but obviously she's still learning and they desperately need something done i can't remember what it is but she was like okay i'll do it because it's all like illegal um people that don't have any money and stuff like that and they're desperate for someone to do whatever surgical shit on them and um so she kind of steps up and then she realizes this is a really really lucrative bis- business to do this like under the radar um do things that maybe reputable surgeons won't do um so it's really dark and it's just a really kind of fucked up film but it's really good um and Excellent then choice. The next one, because I want to sort of choose ones that are sort of different, very different categories of horror, I suppose. Yeah. Um, The next one I'm going to pick is... I'm going
0: to see the whole list now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm like between two and I don't know. The one lowest down your list. Lowest? Yeah, out of the two. The list is like really not in a line. okay i'm gonna pick nightbreed oh (laughs) yeah what a
0: shout i was thinking about
2: picking that as well (laughs) and that's because i love i love clive barker and i just love this sort of like weird world that he's created in nightbreed um yeah with all these different weird monsters and all the special effects are amazing because it's all like practical effects and they have these cool costumes on well, they're like monstery things. They have like prosthetics and stuff and I just love, love it. It's really cool. It's this weird sort of like army of freaks that aren't actually as scary as they seem.
0: Yeah, it's once again kind of re- like inverting that idea of mm. like what evil looks like and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Really, really, really cool. Good. Banging choice, love it. Uh, yeah, I've got something because i related related for mine. Ow. Oh. fascinated to know... <laughs> Your picks, now that you know you've seen more than two horror films.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I've seen loads. So then after we were talking about The Queen of the Damned, I picked Queen of the Damned. It's like my go-to comfort film if I'm ever ill or like tired or sad, because it's just like a total new metal vampire film. So obviously it came out uh, just at the turn of the millennium, 2002, and the soundtrack was written by Jonathan Davis, and a film composer. Literally
0: one of the coolest metal soundtracks ever. It's
1: amazing. I love it so much. And then obviously he wrote and performed the songs, but then because of rights reasons, he couldn't be on the soundtracks. And the soundtracks just got like all these different metal singers on it instead. Like The Marilyn Manson David version Draven of Redeemer is probably
0: the one song I would like to get on Spotify.
1: So good. I really wish this soundtrack was on Spotify, but it's not because I've looked before. Yeah. Just like when I'm, wanting to just plug in and listen to it because it's so good but yeah it's david drayman like wayne static chester bennington marilyn manson jay from orgy it's just super new metal so obviously it was a leah's final film as well she was the vampire he was like the most ancient vampire called akasha and then uh the main character was lestat the vampire who was woken up from his sleep by a band and then became the frontman of the band and obviously based on the Anne Rice books as well which I was obsessed with as a teenager <laughs> they're all like different vampire books based on like New Orleans where she wrote and they've just got like it's just kind of yeah gothic vampire books which when you're a gothic vampire teenager, teenager like catnip it's and definitely uh a yeah. kind of trashy teen
0: film it is. <laughs> it's, ob-
1: it's objectively an awful film i'm not gonna <laughs> lie but i just really love it like when he's playing the festivals and they've just got all the new metal and it's great new metal vampire film is for me yeah then i picked a film i studied at uni and got really obsessed with which is uh from 1920, a German expressionist film, *The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari*. This film just plays on all the things I love that are new metal and vampires. It's about a guy who comes to a weird town, and he's like a weird old bearded guy, and he has he comes to like the town and he wants to be at the town fair and like exhibit, and he exhibits a somnambulist, which is like a sleeping. What word? Kid. A sleeping man called Cesare and all the townsfolk like come and see him and it's like come and see the incredible somnambulist Cesare um he's also a killer I believe <laughs> 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 I'm trying to it's been a couple of years since I've watched it but it's oh, really oh, good and um the thing that we studied at uni was like how it was an example of um German expressionism and it was all the way it was set was to make you feel deliberately uncomfortable. So, like, when the old man goes to the town hall to ask if he can exhibit the fair, like, all the town officials are sitting on really high stools that are too high for them, and there's bits where Cesare the sonambulist is, like, going down the stairs, and, like, the stairs are a weird height, and he's sort of doing this weird, like, arm movements, and everything in the film is a bit wrong. Like, everything's at a wrong angle, or it's, like... Um, yeah, it's really angular. Things don't quite fit. It's all black and white. It's all shadows. It's all creepy. And um, I just really love it because it's just weird. And it's got this like creepy old soundtrack as well. And um, yeah, it's cool. I just love it for its weirdness, basically. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, this is amazing. Nice. Yeah. It. And then I picked the eye. Oh, fuck. Because the I Japanese hate version
0: it. or the uh, in, uh, American version?
1: It's Hong Kong slash Singapore. Oh, okay. The original version. Well,
0: bully me for not knowing what I was talking um,
1: about. Again, this was something I saw at university, actually. I was part of uh, the film unit, which was the student cinema. Shout out Sheffield. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> we used to have a program of films on every week. And I remember just going along to watch the eye, not knowing what it was. And then just being totally horrified because there's this horrible scene where in a lift, which I'm not going to rear in if you watch it. And I was like, what the fuck? And the plot is basically that there's a violinist and she has a cornea transplant. And after she has it, she starts seeing horrible premonitions of people dying. And she's obviously very distressed about this. So her and her psychotherapist go to Thailand to find, like, what happened to the eye donor. And it turns out the eye donor could see premonitions and took her own life. And so it's this whole story about, like, the things that she sees and, like, being distressed that she has these visions. And it's just a really genuinely scary film. I'm obviously very easily scared. But, yeah, I just remember sitting in the cinema and watching it and being like, This is horrifying, and then obviously going home and having nightmares because that's how my brain works. Oh no! (laughs) (laughs) That's why I need a horror buddy. Horror
0: buddy, I'll watch
1: with
2: me. I'll watch anything. Well, we can be horror buddies then. Hooray!
0: Um, Excellent choices, and quite wide ranging as well. Yeah. Smashing it, lads! Um, Yeah, I wasn't sure what to pick really, so I kind of went for ones that I thought maybe might have uh, slid under a few people's radars. Um, I think it's especially hard picking stuff I've just realised that all my choices are from the 21st century which is quite cool but um, I think it's really hard to pick stuff even just from the last few years because I think horror is an amazing place at the moment I was saying it to my mate the other day like it feels like um, whether it's exciting original uh, creations like Get Out and Us and Hereditary or it's like big remakes or sequels or whatever like horror is in a really good place Um so I didn't know what to pick, but yeah, I just picked a few from uh, that I thought might have not, like you know, a few people might have missed over the over the last you know, couple of decades or so. Uh, so the first film that came to mind um, was a film called Kill List, uh, which is from two thousand and eleven, uh, and it's a British film, um, and it could probably be described as a, as a thriller for for most of it, but I think it definitely comes under horror overall because. Um, the tone of it is just so bleak so horrific in the literal sense of the word um it's intensely violent at points and there's just this horribly foreboding nasty um undertone just hanging under it the whole time um it just it's, it's a film that just makes you feel utterly horrible uh That's like nice. all the best horror movies should <laughs> Um, uh, and it, So it's about a soldier who has recently returned from duty and he joins his former comrade in becoming a contract killer. So basically like a hitman. I'm not quite sure what the difference is. I think there's a slight difference between the two, but it's a contract killer. Um, and it stars Neil Maskell, who uh, was in the Football Factory. And did any of you guys ever seen that? see that um, Channel 4 series on a few years ago called Utopia? No. It was like a weird, dystopian kind of uh, mystery... Uh, series. It was really fucking strange. Totally missed that. No, oh, okay. Mm. Well, he was in that. Um, and Michael Smiley, who's a Northern Irish actor, um, he played the bike guy in Spaced. I don't know if you remember that. But anyway, yeah, obviously. So Neil and Neil Mus- Neil Maskell and Michael Smiley are in it. They play the two soldiers. Neil Maskell's kind of the main character. He's the one who's returned from duty and is and is kind of um, looking for stuff to do. And he ends up becoming a contract killer with his mate. Uh, and the film basically focuses on them making their way through a list of targets provided to them by a client. Um, And as they go further along the line of targets, kind of offing people, (laughs) Um, things just begin to get nastier and nastier and bleaker and bleaker. And um, there's this weird kind of sinister. um, I'm trying not to spoil it because the film, there's this kind of like small little signs um, hinted at across the film when you watch it back that you can kind of see there's this other completely different side to it that's totally at odds with the kind of quite gritty realism of what the film is about. Um, but you don't really spot it at first and then it kind of emerges more and more and more. There's this kind of weird almost conspiracy subplot going on. Um, it's really hard to explain what without spoiling it. But basically, it um, what starts off as a kind of almost slightly gangster-esque, like horribly violent thriller film thriller film uh, descends into full-on horror come the end and it just goes totally off the rails um, and it's, it's just nasty. It's deeply affecting, really unsettling. It's going to make you feel like shit so definitely go and like have a nice big tub of ice cream in the fridge or something for us to make yourself feel better. <laughs> I think I need more
1: than one horror buddy for that. Yeah,
0: it's bad. Me and my mate went to see it and he's not as into horror and I'm really into my horror and we both still came out of it being like, Oh, it's horrible. Let's <laughs> go for a pint. <laughs> um, yeah. So really nasty, but fucking great. And as I say, the the twist it kind of takes at the end in terms of tone is really cool. And uh, put it onto a whole different level for me. Um, the next one I decided to pick out was one I kind of feel like more people will have seen, but I've just been thinking about it a lot recently because um, I went to see Zombieland the other day. Um, have I you guys? S- it is, and that would be another pick, but it was as a massive Hollywood film, so that was Twinkies. a bit different. Uh, have you guys seen Wreck?
1: No. Yes. Oh, hang on. I remember when that came out um, because, again, I was working at Bazaar Magazine and we did a big thing on it, but I never watched it.
0: So, yeah, I don't... Weirdly, I don't know what it was, whether I just wasn't... I did, It wasn't really on my radar until a few years after it came out. Basically, again, I remember seeing like the DVD cover in movie magazines and stuff, so I recognised mm-hmm. it. But I definitely it wasn't just on my radar properly until probably about five or six years ago. I watched it for the first time, um, and uh, so it's a it's a well, you guys have seen it or know about it. But it's, mm-hmm. for those that haven't seen it, it's a Spanish found footage horror. So when I say found footage, for people that don't know what that is, it's kind of things like Blair Witch Project, Paranormal Activity. Um, it's all filmed as if it's from the perspective of someone literally holding a little handy cam or something similar and running about with it. Um, and it is it is Spanish language and subtitled. So unless you do know Spanish, definitely watch it when you're uh, you know engaged and paying attention, because otherwise you might miss key plot points and all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's fucking awesome. It's probably the best zombie movie I've ever seen. Um, were you saying the other day that you're sick of zombie movies, Alice? Yeah. Yeah. So it like. Zombie films are a hard thing to kind of reimagine and make fresh. Mm. 28 Days Later did it. Uh, Zombieland did it. Um, I think Wreck did it as well. Yeah. Um, it's basically about a news crew that becomes stuck, a, a television news crew that becomes stuck inside an apartment complex um, at the very start of a zombie outbreak. So it kind of sounds a bit predictable from that perspective, but the whole found footage aspect of it really, really works and really takes it into a whole different dimension. Um, there's a couple of jump scares in there. Um, And its it gets very in your face at some points, but it's more about this kind of slow building sense of just terror as they kind of realise what's happening and more and more people start to fall victim to this thing and they're all trapped and it's just horrible, horrible, horrible. Uh, It's really claustrophobic. The way the plot unfolds is really clever. Um, The climax of the film is one of the best horror climax I've ever seen and the reveal at the end of where the kind of... uh, like the source of it all comes from. And again, the, sh- the so freaky, slight shifting <laughs> things, isn't it? Cause with zombie films, it's normally like, Oh, it's like an infected strain. It's an outbreak yeah. of disease or something like that. But the way they slightly shift the goalposts on where it's come from is so yeah. fucking cool. And it, to me, it made the film even scarier and more horrible. I loved it. Um, so you really feel the sense of what it's like to be caught in the middle of this horrifying event. It's so great. Again, not the most, um, unheard of film on the list but if for some reason you haven't seen it like for fuck's sake go out and see it it's absolutely awesome it's my favorite found footage film and it's my favorite zombie film i think um my last one is probably the hardest sell because <laughs> it's a proper like franchise sequel one that's not very cool or probably as critically acclaimed although i think it did all right but it was a you know it was a straight to dvd film put it that way um hellraiser inferno which is the fourth sequel in the Hellraiser series. (laughs) Yes, really hear me out. So by this point in, so for those who haven't watched Hellraiser, um, it's basically, uh, the, the general premise of the the series is, um, uh, people who are seeking out this, this weird pain, pleasure dynamic, um, seek out this thing called the lament configuration, which is this puzzle box that you might've seen if you're familiar with horror iconography, Um, And you play around with the box and then it unlocks this portal to hell where these horrible things called the Cenobites led by Pinhead, who's of course very iconic, uh, drag you into hell and do all sorts of unspeakable things to you. Um, So by the time it gets to Hellraiser 5, Pinhead and his mates have kind of taken over a big American city. Um, They go to space in part four. That was a thing that actually happened. That's interesting. And uh, for what it's worth, I quite like that one too. For me, if you're looking at kind of cheesy... Often, naff horror franchises that are quite good to start with and you just go totally off the rails. Hellraiser is probably my favourite. I think there's a lot of good shit right the way through most of those first six or seven films. Um, <laughs> but Hellraiser 5, I think, is genuinely good. And a lot of people probably won't realise that the film was actually directed by Scott Derrickson, um, who went on to be a big name horror director with films like uh, Sinister and The Exorcism, the Exorcism mm-hmm. of Emily Rose. Do you remember the day that uh, the Earth stood still remake with Keanu Reeves playing a robot no, or something like no, that I've or an Alien? That um well it was kind of quite big box office but i don't know how well it did but he did that as well and he did doctor strange in the mcu recently and he's doing the sequel to that as well so he's gone on to very big things since then um and i think this was actually his first uh kind of feature film he directed um but it's a really really unique hellraiser movie because instead of being kind of uh going on the usual tones of someone looking for you know, a thrill or or finding a box and unlocking it in it, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's got a bit of that in it, but the, the kind of main basis of the film is almost like this slightly surrealist murder mystery. Um, so in the plot, uh, the protagonist is a slightly bent but generally well-meaning uh, detective who's on the case of a serial killer. And so he's a bit morally not all there, but he's, you know, generally a, an all right guy. Um, and he's hunting a serial killer who's been like, Popping people and um, sending him little things in the mail and all that kind of stuff. Classic serial killer shit. Uh, and basically, as he gets closer to the murderer, um, the roles of the Cenobites and Pinheads in the whole ordeal begin to become clear. So it's almost kind of like the Hellraiser aspect of this film is this weird side thing. It's not really the main point of the film. It's a really weird way of doing it. Um, and instead of being this kind of literal, uh, kind of labyrinthy kind of hell, um, it's the idea about personal hell and how the concept of hell on earth can differ for different people. Um, so there's a bit of a philosophical slant to it. The tone of the film is totally different to any other Hellraiser film out there. I'd probably say it's different to any other like horror franchise film out there because it's just, like I said, it's not even really a proper Hellraiser film. It's almost like a, a gritty gory detective movie that happens to have Hellraiser stuff in it Um, but it's really full of imagination it's full of really cool twists really good performances um, some great uh, well monsters I guess you'd call them in there Um, and it's just a totally different pace to most franchise horror sequels so on the off chance you fancy checking out the fifth um, entry to a horror series I would definitely go for Hellraiser Inferno because it's really not like talked about as a great horror movie but I genuinely think it's really good um and the fact that scott derrickson did it shows that it was handled by someone who knows his shit because as i said he's become a very significant horror movie director since then
1: i have a question about horror movies so uh, go on mm-hmm. it's snakes on a plane a horror movie no no well.
2: no well. so it's, it's a thriller it's an action thriller okay
0: i can't remember it is it not very gory it's or also anything?
2: silly yeah
0: yeah no horror films ever silly <laughs>
2: Yeah, but it's just like the whole thing yeah, is it, just... I
0: don't think it was really marketed as a horror film at all. It's not horror, no. But Anaconda is a kind of horror film. Just a <laughs> sh- terribly feature. shit one. A Terribly shit one. What are the rest of your choices then, Alice? Rattle oh. through them. Because like, I, ca- I think I ca- you had one I was going to do, but then didn't because you had it.
2: Yeah, wi- The Witch.
0: The Witch. Watch The Fucking Witch. If you I don't like watch anything witch. else from any of these so lists, good. watch The Witch.
2: Black so The best good. horror movie
0: of the last 20 years, in my opinion. It's unbelievable. Um,
2: it's all good. Yeah, I like had a total mind blank the other day when I was trying to write it down because like I watch so many horror films that like I've probably seen more horror films than any other type of film. But I, I just it's have, kind yeah. of just like I can't. You know, when someone like asks you what's your favorite band, and you're like I don't remember any bands. But it's horror like movies that.
0: are so easy to rattle off if you're a fan because there's so many of them, and like even if they're a bit shit and schlocky and cheesy, yeah, like, they're
2: still a like, good laughter. Did to I on. like that one? I, Let's hear the list. Okay, so I've got some others that I just thought, you know, about what I should recommend for Halloween kind of thing. Okay. Um, So I've written down The Witch and The Craft as well. Oh, Ah, The Craft. craft. And The Love Witch as well.
0: People keep telling me to watch The Love Witch and I still haven't seen it. I
2: love that film. It's like my two favourite things in the world, like witches and like 60s psychedelic. Okay, It's just like, it's made like a 1960s slash 70s, like super... You know, when, oh, what's it called? Um, oh, it's like, it's called a certain thing. Technicolor, that's it. Like yeah, when they yeah. went to Technicolor. So they've made it like really, really like bright colored. And it just, it, it feels like you're watching a 1960s or 1970s TV show or whatever. Like I used to when I was a kid. It's just really bizarre. But it's like set we should now. should have said
0: Alice is, uh, 58.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, I grew up on like old stuff. Um, like all the 1960s stuff repeated and my mum used to just like watch it all. It sounds like a film um, bias Forge would be in on.
0: I was just thinking of that because, yeah, Ghosts have gone all 60s recently, haven't they? What else it's is on your really list? It's
2: really cool. Anyway, basically, I, I just think everyone should watch it. Um, also on my list is Night of the Comet, which is a really good, um, New Year's movie, actually. Like, New Year horror. So, you know, if you want horrors for all your holidays... This, this, i haven't uh, seen that
0: i feel like i might have heard about it though it's
2: like this weird kind of zombie-ish film where like this comet comes over and like just wipes out majority of the like at least the adults oh sad they just disappear they literally just disappear and then there's kind of like these things i think there's like these zombies this bizarre 1980s thing nice and it's just funny and great is
1: Logan's <laughs> run a horror film no, no. Fine. That's sci-fi. science fiction. What about that robot called Box who comes and chases them? I mean,
2: yeah. there are thrilling aspects, <laughs> but it's still a sci-fi, not a horror. I've always
0: maintained that The Terminator should be considered a sci-fi horror film.
2: I don't know. I don't find it very horror.
0: But the, the soundtrack is very sci-fi. But if you think about it, if you take The Terminator out and replace everything in that film, but it's a guy with an axe doing it, it's a horror movie.
2: Yeah, but... It's more complex than that. It that's totally it is, is which is it, why it's not choices. an out and out.
0: But I think it's. I think it should be at least kind of like. Because then you could loads about, like a movie. serial
2: killer. Like any thriller about a serial killer, you could say is a horror, but it's actually. That's a really a thriller. good point. But I think <laughs> the Terminator's
0: really got that kind of like no, please, like backing yeah. up while it's going dan 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 dan, dan You know.
2: Except, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I I don't feel like it's quite as like. Uh, not quite the same. I want
0: it to be recognised as 21.3% horror <laughs> movie and the rest can be sci-fi. Anyway, what else Obviously you got? Obviously there are crossovers. I've done about four of them. Got okay, about um,
2: so I put It Follows as well okay, cool. which was really just weird like I wasn't quite as big on that one. No, I just found it quite freaky though like it was just kind of like huh? There's something really uneasy. What happens in it?
0: It's basically what happens if you get an STD. <laughs> 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 that's what the film is, isn't it? It's like a it's demonic
2: at. STD. Yeah. Okay.
0: But not in the sense of like, have oh to no, like it on. Like my balls are falling it's, off. It's yeah, like no, a ghost it's like, thing. It's
2: like you get an STD and you have to pass it on as quickly as possible because otherwise you're dead. Okay. Like it's like the ring meets an STD. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing. That sounds scary. It's not
0: like you've got a plague. It's like a, there's a spooky thing that's But you're also you. stuck
2: with it for life as well. So if that thing goes through all the rest of the people that you passed it on to then you're next again yeah. it's like no you can never get rid of it it's horrible
0: it's quite a horrible i um. did i just <laughs> I, when they trap it in the pool and stuff i was a bit like mm, stupid.
2: yeah i don't know it's it's good do like it's it. good i liked it good um pet cemetery it's a classic
0: oh. very good did you know oh i should have picked do uh, you know who the neighbor in that is
2: the neighbor yeah a guy probably.
0: who talks like this. Herman Munster.
2: <laughs> oh! Right? I when can't I, even remember him right now.
0: As soon as you watch that film again. He's the really I'll tall, f- lanky guy with the now. gray hair. The older guy. Yeah, yeah. The guy who John Lithgow plays in the remake. I haven't um, seen the remake. Oh, okay. It's not that great.
2: <laughs> I didn't want to see The
0: original's it. <laughs> better. And I thought the original was imperfect.
2: Yeah, there's so many around that time. Like Poltergeist is another one. Amityville horror, just shoving them in. Polk there. Poltergeist
0: is another one where, by the time I finally watched it, I didn't, th- I didn't rate it that much. Oh, it I was, love it. It's too Spielbergy for me to be a proper oh, like scary it. horror film. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's got his touches all over it. It feels kind of like. Ooh, a bit spooky and magical. This, whereas, like, like the
2: background behind it, is quite weird as well. Though all the like things that happened and how it was cursed and how like the actual one of the skeletons in one of the scenes where she falls into that pit of mud and there's oh these dare, yeah, yeah, that's It's actually stuff. real. Ske- it's a real skeleton. Yeah, or something. I heard about and that. And all and like people died. That were it's really freaky. Sometimes um, fact is
0: stranger than fiction.
2: Yes, it's true. <laughs> Um, okay, so the rest of my Lights list. For that. No worries. Uh, Black Christmas. <laughs> yes. So yes, classic. That's one of my favourite ever, ever slasher films. And
0: works as a lovely family Christmas movie as well. Yes,
2: exactly. So that one's your Christmas one, then you've got Night of, Night of the Demon.
0: I'm not, that's one I've not seen, but I've heard about.
2: Oh, wait. Yeah, so I've said Night of the Comet. I got really confused with myself then. So Night of the Comet, Comet is the one that you should watch for uh, New Year's. But Night of the Demon is like a classic 1950s weird film um and it's kind of like got folk folk sort of tale aspects in it it's just like classic old school horror kind of near like kind of like noir filmish in in a way I don't know it's just kind of weird and really old and I really enjoy it and um it's got that famous quote it's in the trees it's coming which Kate Bush um took for her Hounds of love.
1: Could I have Invasion of the Body Snatchers? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Good choice.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and then I've also got Rosemary's Baby because oh, it's one of mate. my favorites ever. Um and it's really off-putting and I just love anything satanic.
0: Like incredibly satanic for when it was made as well. Like so it, but it was, it was it was it was all
2: like part of the like whole satanic yeah, shit. Yeah. Yeah and like yearly, there's so many '60s films. It's just like all oh, Satan, 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 yeah. everything Satan. Um, and then Donnie Darko because it's a really good <gasps> Hang on. horror film. film? That
1: horror film because that's one of my favourite yeah, films of d- all time. I debate that. Can I have that?
2: I think it's a horror oh, sci-fi.
1: I think that's probably one of the films I've seen most in my whole life. I've just seen it. Interesting, Donnie Darko. Love it.
0: It's really funny because I think people around our age have all seen that film, but there probably Mm -hmm. are a lot of people either side of that that probably haven't heard of it because it is. It was a massive deal to a certain audience, but it wasn't like as much of a mega breakthrough. Yeah, no, I
2: mean, director's commentary. It's really an easy film, and it's like it's got loads of horror aspects in it. And it's set at Halloween, but it's also a sci-fi. But what it actually really freaked me out when I first watched it because I couldn't figure out what I just watched, and I couldn't sleep because I was literally it was going round and round and round and yeah. round in my head. Like I can't figure out what is go- what was going on. Like I was just trying to figure it out, and like who the hell was Frank? And then I think think I knew who Frank was, but then I was confused, and then I eventually like figured out what the whole film was about. Yeah, it's
0: really interesting. <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> That's really interesting. Yeah, I would never have put that as a horror movie, but I can see...
2: It, like, plays on your mind, and loads people got of people are afraid of Frank as well. Yeah. Well,
0: you would be. Do yeah. weird-looking fucking bunnies hanging out?
2: Yeah. With Excellent
0: choices, guys. We've sewn up... So, between us, so that's, like, over 20 horror movies you can go and watch, I think. Mm-hmm. So, well done, everybody. Well done, indeed. Um, should we do some questions?
1: Okay. Okay. Uh
0: Andy Poole... uh, Oh, I almost forgot to say. Facebook.com forward slash Melthammer Readers if you want to come and (laughs) ask some questions and hang out with us. Um, Andy Poole says, Hey Mel, Ellen, Alice. Hi. With uh, Phil Selma doing a vulgar display set at Bloodstock. uh, We went into Phil last week. uh, What band or artist would you like to see do a full album set? What band? What album? And why would you like to see it? Says Andy Poole. Have you got any full albums you'd like to see performed?
1: I chose... Hypo negative and October Rust because next year is the tenth anniversary of Peter Steele's death and I just really like the album October Rust. Who
0: earth would uh, you get to sing though?
1: Uh I actually hadn't even thought of that, which is the main <laughs> quite question.
0: A, quite an important aspect. <laughs> I
1: don't know why I completely blanked on it. I just thought Silver Tomb, the band that could do a job that's there. Got Guitarist Kenny Hickey and drummer Johnny Kelly. And they could easily play Bloodstock and then the keyboardist Josh Silver, he's an EMT now, so he could, I don't know, take a week off. Uh, who could sing? I literally's trying to think of
0: obvious Goth names. Villa Vallo came I didn't to even think mind. that
1: question. I just thought it my mind just went, I'd like to hear that album.
0: Villa Vallo, Matey Boy from Feels of the Nephilim, maybe. Just thinking of people with like yeah, deep goth deep voices. voices. Danzig. Carl McCoy. Um, or it could be Danzig would be mm. a shout if he could He's a bit on and off live, isn't he, Danzig?
1: Or it could be one of those where they have a few people singing, which yeah. obviously would be yeah. really difficult to organise. But yeah, if you had like Vila and Danzig and Carl, like all doing different songs or something. Yeah, that would be work. really cool.
0: I would go and see that. And I'm not even a massive type nerd like you.
1: Thanks.
2: No worries. I know, you said the Motley <laughs> Crue were better.
1: Oh, uh, there was an office debate. I don't know why... I didn't Just say they were
0: me. better. <laughs> I didn't say they were better. I said I, I like and listen to Motley Crue more than Typo so Negative. I don't debate, think they're better. I fully recognise Typo Negative being a massive important band. The which came band.
1: from Classic Rock was which is better, Motley Crue or Typo Negative? Yeah. And me and Alice immediately jumped on Typo negative, And some heathens said Motley Crue.
0: Including me. Yeah. Um, there you
1: go. That's someone do answer. the next question
0: before Elle throws a microphone at me. Uh, oh, no, wait. We, we haven't done another thing. It. Sorry. What's wrong with you? I got intimidated. <laughs> 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 I got intimidated. Um, I wrote down a few uh, I put down In Flames basically any album pre the last but any album pre and including Come Clarity I'd probably take Soundtrack to Your Escape off that but um, pretty much any album like Lunar Strain Horacle uh, Colony Jester Race um, God. I always
1: thought it was Horacle
0: Horacle oh yeah it's hor- well Horacle yeah okay <laughs> um, I don't know Horracle. Horacle Horacle is it like Horacle fuck yeah I don't know if I've ever said that out loud before that's weird well. or anyway all <laughs> of them Come Clarity definitely um, Reroot to Remain I'd love to see them, them do any of those um, and definitely not anything they've done recently
1: and they'd have to have those screens where they flash up the lyrics so we could sing along <laughs> it's not a Disney club <laughs> <laughs> that's what they did last time I saw don't it, you know the lyrics them. well no. in flames did not last time I saw them sorry I saw them in like 2006 or 7 and they had screens behind them and it flashed up all the lyrics so you could sing along. But Every it, it song. It was really fun for a lot of the songs. I don't remember sure. that.
0: Interesting. Um, I've also got Kill Such Engage, Alive or Just Breathing, which has been on my list for years. But to be fair, I think I have since Jesse came back. Well, I mean, I saw most of that album performed the first time I saw them with Howard. So it's mainly just getting Jesse to see them. But even he's dropped quite a few of those tracks in the last few years. So I think I've seen most of that now. Um, AFI on any album out of Sing the Sorrow, uh, Art of Drowning and um, Black Sails. I'd love to see one of those albums done in full. And I feel like I've said this before, but Metallica, some kind of mix or either or of Load Reload and Garage Inc.
1: I would really love to see Alice in Chains doing Dirt, but you'd probably have a strong opinion on that, Alice, because William would I want to see
2: them do Facelift, but only if Lane was still with us. Well,
1: you we can't do
2: that. Um... No, I I didn't even think about this, but off the top of my head, I'd want to see <laughs> Ugly Kid Joe because I love Wha- them. What? what is wrong with you? Yeah. I, I did not
1: expect any that. album that you want. I did
2: not. But it's such that. a banger. It's, a, it's um, America's Least Wanted, and I know all the lyrics, and I just love them. And that it's was so an fun, okay? And I would sing every swear. single lyric. And my other one would be Dark Throne and a Blaze, Blaze in the Northern Sky. And why? Because they never tour and they never play live. Wow. (laughs) see
0: i would have thought you might go for one of them uh that was a but also
2: Um, ugly kid joe goodness out of every artist that you could pick i've seen loads of them do full albums before and like they were great but you know that one would be a real sing-along for me okay
0: Um, (laughs) someone did the next question
1: (laughs) (laughs) mike grimster asks what surprises do you think judas priest could have in store for their 50th anniversary set at bloodstock
0: this is interesting because I was not at Bloodstock on the night they played a couple of years. Well, it was last year, I think, wasn't it? But they didn't really do like a proper kind of standard heavy uh, greatest hits set. They played like a couple of deeper cuts um, and all the rest of it. So it'd be interesting to see if they do like a deeper cut set and play around a little bit or if they're just like 50 years heavy metal Judas Priest, here are the ultimate greatest hits of Judas Priest, which I think is probably more likely.
1: Do you think they would bring back any old members to guest?
0: That would be cool. Yeah, I guess that's what's like getting. I didn't KK even think Gownie about that actually. Or
1: whatever, like he left in two thousand and eleven. Yeah, um, uh,
0: we did a little something with Rob Halford, which we have coming up, where he actually talks about whether he would cover the Tim Ripper Owens era of the band. And that's quite interesting. Whether they would wheel out some of those songs, I think that would please quite a lot of people as well because yeah. those albums are very underrated. So there we go. We will. We won't know until we see it. Put it that way. Do you want to do the next one, Alice?
2: um okay so rob lake asks how can i get my local pub to play metal rather than northern soul asking for a friend he's starting to like it and i'm not and am i not a frequent question asker yet (laughs) (laughs) is he i guess so. i don't know we appreciate people that
0: constantly ask us questions on the podcast so don't Mm. stop keep it up uh i would say um smash the jukebox up and then just put up a boom box and just blare some Slayer and then they got no choice what are they going to do kick you out I was go with for the vandalising op- their property and breaking the law
1: I was going to go with the opposite and like subtly sneak in like a track a night until you work up to a full album but I was trying to think what artist would be one that you could sort of gently introduce because you couldn't go full just, where could you, you to go f-
2: up to it. I just think you should just get together a giant band of metalheads and take over the pub f- like often most days until they realise that their, then it has their demographic has, yeah. has changed yeah. and then they'll be like oh well everyone here is hating the music so here's some metal I that's like a good it. idea I like <laughs> it
0: good idea I would back that uh, but our Judas Priest question from at Rock and Run 85 what are Judas Priest doing not touring the UK on the back of their best album years in years firepower it sucks major metal dick <laughs> <laughs>
1: Your face when you had to it.
0: yeah. I, t- <laughs> I t- chopped that <laughs> bit off actually. Um, no pun intended. Oh, uh, yeah, I didn't do that. Hmm. Nothing wrong with sucking dick if that's what you want to do.
1: No, chopping it off.
0: Um, no, I was talking to Rock and Run 85, not you. Oh, I thought you
1: were talking about chopping it off. No, that's good god, no,
0: let's go down a weird tangent already. Let's back it up. <laughs> um, well, they were gonna tour uh with Aussie, but Aussie hasn't been able to tour. And I can imagine that if um, you've got big touring plans based around probably the two years or so after your album comes out, which is what most bands do, and a big part of that suddenly falls through, it probably is quite hard to, you know, rearrange that or try and do something different. I don't know if Pree's considered just doing some other dates by themselves instead of the Aussie tour when it got cancelled this year. Um, But sometimes it's just not that easy to do that. They might prefer to go out with Aussie on a bigger package. Um, But in terms of the sentiment of what you're saying, I definitely want to see uh, Firepower get a proper tour and a proper air in because that album is fucking unbelievable
1: i like that album too
0: Hooray. we've got someone sent us a riddle
2: <laughs> <laughs> i was just reading this someone from, read this this is amazing t- n-
0: you have to read it but you have to read it in t- the style t- n- of a mystic sage from dungeons and dragons or something like
1: that <laughs> do you want to go alex 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 <gasps> how dare you oh, weird. <laughs> it's malice mate I know, malice i'm confused Malice, I think you're the most mystical because he works in a crystal shop.
2: Mm. <laughs> okay. A box without hinges, key, or lid, yet golden treasure inside is hid.
0: Shit, grammar, is it?
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um.
1: I'm
0: no up good up at that. these. I'm terrible I at these.
1: Cheated, and I googled it. Oh, you
0: didn't? That's awful. Well, you can't do it then. Right. Well, Alice? basically,
1: I've got no patience and I was trying to think of what it might be and I had some ideas and I wanted to Google it and see if it was right.
0: Do you think, is it guessable? When you saw it, were you like, oh, or was it really stupid?
1: I wouldn't have guessed it. Box
0: without hinges, key. What's golden treasure, I mean?
1: That was the bit that was hard. That I wouldn't um, have guessed. So you have to think a bit more obscure. Like golden treasure doesn't necessarily mean like coins no i know that Gold bars and i know and that's why riddles are so riddly. but is it uh, does it have
2: to be golden color i mean
1: well hang (laughs) on a minute you just told me off for googling it so you can't ask me these questions you've got to solve (laughs) the riddle yourself okay
0: is it the sky no but it could be because the sky could be like a box but without lids and the treasure could be the sun that was my thinking
1: no it's not um do do you want a clue yeah Well, do you want to ask a question and I'll tell you? Oh, mate.
0: (laughs) Is it something you find in nature?
1: Yeah. Golden treasure.
0: Is it... Oh, fuck it.
1: I
2: really want to work it out.
0: Ask me some more questions. Hmm. I'll
1: give you some questions. Is it underground? Is it where?
0: Underground. No. Is it in the sky? It's not, is it? Because I just guessed that. No. Is it in woods?
1: Could be. Oh, what? But it, it could be it could be, that's all I can say. Maybe she has some more generic chickens. Yes. Yes! <laughs>
0: fucking come on! How did you know that? Because how is it a box. Uh I don't know.
1: How the hell is <laughs> that a box? <laughs> how did you guess egg?
0: Because when you said it could be, I thought of uh, for some reason I thought of a tree and then I thought of a nest and then I thought of an egg in a little nest.
1: And also because you know yes! that I like chickens. Yes. Come on. <laughs> But it's not a box. So show. Apparently. Because
0: it's an egg yolk.
1: Yeah. Apparently, I disagree this with this. This is one of. On. I don't because I got it right. <laughs> I'm so happy. This is, apparently this is one of Bilbo's riddles
2: for Gollum. Bilbo oh, I sucks. should have
0: guessed it then, yeah. shouldn't I? Yeah,
2: Bilbo yeah, sucks at riddles. This is crap. Egg.
0: No, he does. It's he not ma- a box. He makes them up. <laughs> <laughs> he well,
2: ca- he shouldn't. He
0: panics.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I didn't get egg from that either. because uh, I, I should have got that. I've treasure, read The Hobbit a bazillion times. I was thinking
2: times. like too literally. I was thinking of like golden treasure and what no, treasure but like I'm, I was thinking of like stuff that could be golden treasure, but like that's not a box. An egg isn't a box. Well, a box is it a is. container, right? Yeah, it's a container. No, a box is a box shape. You're thinking What's box of a shapes? square or a rectangle. It's a cube. That's a box.
1: A cube can be a... No, a box can be a rectangle as well, which is not a cube.
2: Yeah, but it's it's cuboid shape. You think so? What about...
0: Yes. Well, hold on. What does a... Uh,
1: what um, about a round box? If you had like a, ra- a jewellery box that was in an egg shape.
2: An egg is spherical and it has it's no... It's
1: spherical. It's like technically... I'd say it's spherical. egg shape. It's, <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> it's, 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 it's all rounded. It. Like it's rounded completely. But if you had a box in the shape of an egg to store something in it, you wouldn't say it wasn't a box.
2: He's mm.
0: got there. I think it is.
2: <laughs> I don't think as it's the a riddle, good riddle as the riddle
0: master in the room. I think it's completely I fair. And I, by the way, I have read the Hobbit a lot, but I genuinely didn't think of it when that came out. I forgot. I also like how you if you really said, "What have I got in my pocket?" I'd have known it was the Hobbit. <laughs>
1: I like the fact that you're really proud that you're, you just <laughs> called <laughs> yourself the Riddle Master. Yeah. And that you're proud that that's your new name. Riddle Master. Like you're introducing yourself <laughs> to somebody be like, I'm the Riddle Master. I am. That's how I'm introducing myself <laughs> on the podcast.
0: Okay, evermore. you
2: can bring a riddle next week. Riddle, yeah, master. riddle <laughs> master. No. <laughs> oh, <No. laughs> I've got <laughs> one. I've, got, <laughs> I've
0: got one. What has four legs in the morning, two legs at noon and three legs in the evening?
1: A man. A chair that's broken.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, it is. Did you know that one already? Yeah. <laughs> it's quite a famous one. Did you get it, out? No. Because when you're baby, you're crawling on all fours and yeah. then you're walking on two legs and then you have a little walking stick when you're old. So You get three legs.
1: Okay. <laughs> forget it then. But you might not have a walking stick.
0: And you might not be a riddle master, but I am, so <laughs> deal with it. Um, next week... Oh, God. Next week on the Metal Hammer podcast... <laughs> Elle is insisting that she goes to see... Uh, you, everyone's probably forgotten. If you all remember Threaten, <laughs> that uh, that mischievous uh, viral hit that kind of took the internet by Jared storm last Threaten
1: year. the singer of...
0: starring Jared Threaten. Threaten. Um, Elle is going to see Threaten yeah. in London this Friday yeah. on the one-year anniversary of the original planned gig that kicked off this whole... Cacophony of nonsense. <laughs> 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 this
1: Threaten extravaganza. So Elle
0: is going to go watch Threaten and is going to be reporting it for thirty seconds and no longer next week. I'm going to do. <laughs> we'll an give her a hour bit longer on than that. Threaten.
2: No, you have to do a thirty-second one, like you know this thirty-second YouTube reviews or whatever. You've got to do it really, really fast, like this. Yeah.
0: So that'll be next a week.
1: Band without an audience so uh, trying to fabricate one using social media yeah. and stunts and who
0: knows how many fans they might have now
1: it was a riddle oh the answer's threatened
0: Try it, mate Uh, that's it for this week though tune in next week for that and a whole lot more besides Um, have a wonderful Halloween everyone trick and treat respectfully
1: happy Halloween happy Halloween